This is Darren Davis, founder and senior leader of the Harbor Church in South Florida, and you are listening to the Harbor Church Podcast. For more information about this podcast and others, visit us online at harborchurch.org. Enjoy the podcast. Good morning. Thank you for joining us at Harbor at Home. My name is Wilson, and I have the honor of sharing with you the word of God at Haba at Home. Haba at Home is our way of encouraging connection and engagement with, in a small group setting. So I hope you get to do that today as you, you're gathered at home with friends and family. Let's pray. Loving Father, I thank you this morning. Thank you for this great way, great way of connection and engagement with one another at Haba at Home. I pray for my friends this morning that, God, they will be able to get deeper into your word, oh God, and into relationship with one another. I thank you, Holy Spirit, that you are present, that you come, Spirit of God, this morning, and you bring comfort, Spirit of God. And I thank you, Jesus, for your presence that is here with us. Thank you, Lord, for a great way, Lord, of a time together, Lord, with friends, oh Lord. And growing deeper into you, Lord, into one another, Lord, and into your word, O oh God. I thank you. I pray this in your name, Jesus. Amen. One of the values of the discipleship pathway here at Harbor Church is a culture of pursuit. It's cultivating a culture of pursuit. We believe that we come to grow more in the knowledge of God through cultivating a culture of pursuit. Now, how does, that, how, does, how, does that, what does that mean? This means that we understand that our God is a Father who pursues us, our Father who hunts after us. You see, in other world religions, people are the ones who pursue after their God to be good enough or to be holy enough to be accepted by their God. But Jesus introduces us to a God who is a father pursuing after his people, a father who pursues us. So here at Harbor Church, we understand that our God is a father pursuing us. And the father pursues us for relationship. So if you are in a difficult place this morning, I want to encourage you that the father is pursuing after you to bring you to himself no matter what season of life you are in. You know, a culture of pursuit also means that the Father draws us into himself, into a deeper relationship into himself, when we in turn pursue after him. We believe that the Father calls each one of us to pursue him. That's why both in our Haba gatherings and even at Haba at home, we place a high value at stewarding his presence and inviting everyone to pursue him, to pursue the Father in worship. We provide an environment, an opportunity for everyone to learn to pursue the Father, which ultimately translates into a personal devotional life. But a culture of pursuit also means that we pursue the Father together. A culture of pursuit means that we help each other 
pursue the Father. We partner with each other in, part, in, in, in pursuing the Father. So again, we speak about a culture of pursuit. We mean these three things. First, we understand that the Father relentlessly pursues us for relationship. And secondly, we all personally learn to pursue the Father. Thirdly, we learn to help each other pursue the Father. This morning, I would like to talk to us about the third aspect of pursuing the Father, where a culture of pursuit means helping each other pursue the Father in the area of each other's need. I believe that our knowledge of God, our knowledge of the Father is multiplied when we learn to pursue the Father together, when we help each other pursue Him, when we carry each other's burden, when we are responsible for each other, when we actively seek for the good of the other. Our knowledge of the God is multiplied. You know, there's a place for you as a son and a daughter to pursue the Father for yourself, to use your own voice in pursuing the Father for your situation. But when we partner with each other in pursuing the Father, we see a greater impact. And we also grow immensely in the knowledge of our God. You see, I work as a hospice chaplain, and I travel all across the Blood County. I meet all types of Christian people. <laughs> I usually ask people, which community are you connected with? I get all types of answers. I get answers like, I take my problems to Jesus alone. I pray by myself. I read the Bible by myself. I pray to God by myself. Some people tell me, God is in my heart. I do not need someone else telling me. You know, there are so many solitary voices out there. Now, there could be situations where that is understandable. Understand. And yes, Christian discipleship involves your own personal devotion, involves your own personal repentance, involves reading the scriptures for yourself. But the Christian life is not a private affair. There is no room for those only interested in individual Christianity. You know, the New Testament does not actually conceive of a solitary, isolated believer. When you read the New Testament, you see the pronoun you. It's always in the plural. When Paul writes and says you in his letters, he's not addressing individual believers. He's addressing the believers together. Believers are called together in Christ. Now, I believe that the way of experiencing and knowing the Father more in his miraculous nature is when we come together and help each other pursue him in the area of each other's need. I will say that again. That I, I believe that the way of experiencing and knowing the Father more in his miraculous nature is when we come together and we help each other pursue him in the area of each other's need when we learn to come together and help each other pursue the Father, miracles happen. We have seen and heard some beautiful miracles here at Haba, and more miracles are coming. But we are all in process. 
There is an area of your life where you have seen breakthrough. But there is some, some other area of your life where you need breakthrough that someone else has seen breakthrough. Now this is the way we are going to see the miraculous multiplied in our midst. We are all the habitation of God, individually and together. So when we tap into the miraculous, when we learn to learn together with each other, we tap into the miraculous, when we help each other pursue the Father in the area of each other's needs. I'm going to read uh, the book of John. I'll read from verse uh, chapter 5 and verse 1 to verse 9. Actually, 9a, the, the first part of verse 9. So again, chapter, uh, uh, John chapter 5, verse 1 to verse, verse 9, uh, part A. I'll read. Afterward, Jesus returned to Jerusalem for one of, his, of the Jewish holidays. Inside the city, near the ship gate, was a pool of Bethsida with five covered porches. Clouds of sick people, blind, lame, and paralyzed, lay on the porches. One of the men lying there had been sick for 38 years. When Jesus saw him and knew he had been ill for a long time, he asked him, Would you like to be well? Would you like to get well? I can't, sir, the sick man said. For I have no one to put me into the pool when the water bubbles up. Someone else always gets there ahead of me. Verse 8, Jesus told him, stand up, pick up your mat and walk. Instantly the man was healed. He rolled up his sleeping mat and began walking. You know, this particular passage of scripture we can learn a lot we can make many points about it but this morning I would like to uh, point out the fact that, that, that the pool of Bethsida is a picture of the system of our culture it's important to understand that the, this picture because oftentimes the system of our culture threatens to shape the church some statistics even support the sad truth that the state of the church, the state of our culture, is a reflection of the state of the church. Bethsida represents a system of culture where every man and every woman work for their own success. A culture of competition where no one cares for the other. A culture that produces distorted forms of individual salvation a culture where people make such claims as, I accomplished this by my faith. I achieved this by my faith. Each of these people sitting by the pool of Bethsida are waiting for their miracles. But to get your miracle, you have to be the best. It's a competition. No one helps the other. Verse 7 says, the man says, I have no one to put me into the pool when the water bubbles up. Someone else always gets there ahead of me. You see the system, the system of, of culture 
teaches that you carry your own problems and don't seek help from others. It teaches that do not, not to seek help from others is being spiritual. This, this system of the culture teaches that not to allow others into your life is being spiritual. This system of the culture produces such a blind faith that no one else in this pool actually reached out to Jesus to heal them even after they saw the miracle. They were all so much taken up in their own efforts and way that they were hindered from the laying hold of the miracle through the help of Jesus. They were so turned inward to seek the help of Jesus for their miracles. They were all claiming my faith. But that is not who Jesus calls us to be. That is not the, the community of believers that Jesus has called us to be. Jesus calls us to be into the community of believers to allow others into our lives. Jesus calls us to pursue the Father with each other in the area of our, of our needs. Jesus calls us to help each other pursue him. He calls us to pursue the Father in submission to one another, laying down our lives for each other. Genuine faith cares for each other and seek help from others. I will say that again, that genuine faith cares for each other and seeks help from others. Verse 6 says that when Jesus saw him and knew he had been ill for a long time. So the first thing that Jesus did is he saw. You know, the people who came to this Jewish festival had all become comfortable with sick people. They had all become accustomed and, and familiar with brokenness. They were not able to see the pain of others. Their hearts were hardened. They were not bothered by the needs of others. Are we able to see the needs of others? Are our, are our hearts so hardened that we are kept away from sin? Are our hearts troubled by the pain of the other person? Are, are we troubled by the neighbor across the street who don't know Jesus? Do we really care for the people who are trapped in our broken systems? And we pray that Jesus will Help us see the man or the woman who needs us. Then it says that Jesus saw and then he says he knew that the man had been ill for a long time. Jesus knew. Now the word no in Greek is, is a strong word. Actually in, in both Hebrew and in Greek is a, is a strong word. Actually it's, it's a Jewish idiom for sexual intercourse between a man and a woman. It means to be moved by love into action. It means to know well, to enter into someone else's shoes. You know, it takes building a relationship of trust to care for others. It takes compassion. We feel the pain of the other. We bring our hearts to know well, the other person to care for them. Jesus, just as Jesus helped this man to lay hold of his miracle, he's calling us. He calls us to Help others lay hold of their miracles. And I'll read this other passage of scripture, which is um, Mark chapter 2, and verse 1 to verse 5. A similar story, but to emphasize that Jesus calls us to 
help others pursue God from their own miracles. Mark chapter 2, verse 1, verse 5, 2 verse 5 says, When Jesus returned to Capernaum several days later, the news spread quickly that he had become, he had come back home. Soon the house where he was laying or staying was so packed with visitors that there was no more room, even outside the door. While he was preaching God's word to them, four men arrived carrying a paralyzed man on a mat. They couldn't bring him to Jesus because of the cloud. So they dug a hole through the roof above his head. Then they lowered the man on his mat right down in front of Jesus. Seeing their faith, Jesus said to the paralyzed man, My child, your sins are forgiven. You know, you can actually finish the story. It repeats again and says that the man, Jesus told the man, Start up, pick up your mat and go home. And the man was healed instantly. You see, these, these four men, they had to walk their way through the roof for, for their friend's miracle. The point of the story is the faith of the four friends, but it's also about their love. You see, faith expresses itself in love. To come alongside someone in the area of need needs love, needs patience, needs building trust until they get their miracle. But this story is also about the paralyzed man who brought his four friends to Jesus. The story is about the man who was suffering, who brought his four friends to Jesus. When we partner with others in the area of their needs, we meet Jesus. That's a powerful truth to know. We hear of stories of Christians from the West when they go to missions in Africa, in Asia, in Latin America to minister to the people there. They actually get changed themselves. They get encounters with Jesus when they are meeting other people's needs and they come back changed people. When we partner with others in their, in their, in their area of need, in their pursuit of Father for their miracles, we also meet up with Jesus. This morning, I just want to exhort you that do not isolate yourself in facing your need alone. God cares for your situation. He cares for you. He's not indifferent to your situation. He wants to reveal himself through someone else. So please reach out. Let's not get so caught up in our little lives that we don't allow God to use us in someone else's life. What does it look when we learn to pursue the Father together? What does it look when we partner with each other to pursue the Father in the area of each other's need? This is what is happening each week at Men 300, at Prism, at Deep End, and prophetic ministry. This is what is happening in all these gatherings, in all these uh, um, uh, groups meeting on a, on a weekly basis. So joining these weekly meetings, these weekly connects, will help you to build relationships that will bring opportunities to partner with someone in the, in the area of need of miracle. Let's go out there and perform some miracles. You know, I read in the book of Acts, over and over again, I see signs and wonders. 
signs and wonders. I believe that God wants to activate, activate his, his miraculous in our midst. Even this morning, I pray that the miraculous power of God as you gather will be activated, that you'll pursue God with each other for miracles for each other, that God will release miracles in our midst, that God will heal again as he has healed before. He is the same Jesus yesterday, today, and forever. He is able. He heals. He heals. He heals. And even this morning, I, even I proclaim Jesus will heal again, even in, those, in our gatherings, as we gather at home. Cancer gets healed. Jesus touched lives and they are changed. He brings souls to his kingdom. So as we gather this morning, I'd like you to take some time and engage and discuss these questions. One, are we experiencing God in his miraculous nature in a measure similar to the previous church generations or other parts of the world? Two, who is the Holy Spirit highlighting to come alongside them in for their miracle? And three, what area of need do you desire someone to come alongside you to pursue the Father together? I hope you get to discuss and engage with one another in these questions. Thank you so much for joining us today. We'll see you next time. God bless you. Thanks for tuning in to the Harbor Church Podcast. I hope that you were enriched, inspired, and blessed by what you heard. Please subscribe on the podcast app and be sure to follow us on Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter. You can also download our Harbor Church mobile app. Thanks for listening and we'll see you next time.